are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to those of you starting your day with Locked on Packers, your first listen of the day. Hit us up on Twitter with hashtag first listen to let us know that's what you're doing. We have our crossover edition. Kevin Ostriker from Locked on Ravens is here to give us the inside scoop on Baltimore. He does not think right now that Lamar Jackson is going to play for the Ravens on Sunday, which of course would be a big leg up for Green Bay. But even if Jackson does play, he has been brutal lately. Uh, And after starting off the season looking like the potential league MVP, uh, he has cooled way off. And even if he can play, would be playing significantly diminished. Let's get into it with Kevin for our crossover Thursday. We are here, a crossover edition of both Locked On Ravens and Locked On Packers. Kevin Ostriker, host of Locked On Ravens, here with me. It's Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers. And Peter, this has been a highly anticipated matchup, I feel like, for a while now between these two teams. And one team, well, both of them actually going through some pretty big injury woes. Mm. I know the Packers have been working with some of their defensive stars injured for most of the season. The Ravens, every position has been injured for most of the season. How are you doing today? I'm I'm good. Um, it was a very bizarre situation yesterday. Matt LaFleur saying before practice, he did not expect either Zadarius Smith or David Bakhtiari to practice. And then the Packers come out to practice and there is number 69, David Bakhtiari practicing. And everyone's just like, wait, what is going on? So uh, he is back at practice. Jerry Alexander back at practice. It seems like they are starting to get healthier here. So uh, that makes me uh, in, a, in a much better mood. Yeah, well, I wish I could say the same about the Ravens. In fact, it is going the opposite direction for the Ravens. As obviously the big storyline is Lamar Jackson. I'm sure we'll talk about that throughout the show. But Peter, I want to start off asking you some Packers questions. And while the Ravens quarterback right now is injured in Lamar Jackson, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, I know you're probably tired of hearing about the toe, but I have to ask yeah. you about him and his toe because he said, look, this isn't going to stop me from playing. It seems like he will play in week 15, all things considered. But Obviously, it was a long saga with him in the offseason, but he's been doing Aaron Rodgers things this year. 27 touchdowns, four interceptions, over 3,200 yards passing. Have you noticed that toe injury hindering him at all? He says no. A lot of people say no. But what's your stance on just how he is right now? And what's your percentage on how healthy he is? Yeah, let me show you this toe, right? No, I'm I'm not going to do that. Luckily, um, it, it is it is weird because he has gone out of his way to let us know that that the the toe injury sucks and it it really hurts and if it gets stepped on again he might have to have surgery and then he has a setback and then he says it's fine actually and it doesn't affect me and I'll be fine and I'll play and it's it's whatever so I, it is very hard to know where we really stand on all of this how much is it actually affecting him well since it happened he's he's had a couple chunk runs like 10 15 20 yard runs he he has never been someone who 
has the best footwork in terms of fundamentals. And so you never know if he is stepping in rhythm or, or throwing the ball with neither feet on the ground because he's protecting the toe or if he's just doing Aaron Rodgers things. This, he, this is just how he plays all the time. So that part of it is, is hard to dissect. But in terms of is it affecting his play, is it affecting his productivity and efficiency? The the short answer is no. They torched the Vikings starting after the first quarter. They torched the Bears starting after the first quarter. And they torched the Rams starting in the first quarter. So they, they have had no problems here over the last month. Offensively, Aaron Rodgers has been surgical in his precision. I mean, he made a couple throws against a, a Chicago where outstretched pinky fingers are right there to make a play on the ball and it falls helplessly into the arms of a Packers receiver, the Aaron Jones, um, a fake screen leak. I'm not sure exactly what they were trying to do on that play. Aaron Rodgers said not, not intended to go to Aaron Jones, but it worked out perfectly. Al Lazard on third and 18, um, around about five bears defenders, it seemed, and just over the outstretched arms. He still makes throws every week that makes you go, what, who is this guy? What uh, I don't understand. He defies physics and gravity. Um, so from that standpoint, like, could he be playing even better if the toe were hundred percent healthy? I don't know how much better he could be playing. He's been, I, I mean, I think you can make the case. He's been the best quarterback in the league this season. Yeah, hundred percent. Certainly one of them, if not the best, just from what he's doing this year. And part of what makes this Packers offense go is obviously Rodgers. And we'll talk about Devontae Adams in a few minutes, but the run game has been a key part of that. Although the Packers are top 10 in yards per attempt through the air, but on the ground, they're just 20th in yards per attempt. Yeah. And have you seen kind of a setback from this run offense? Has this been kind of what you were expecting heading into this season or has it been a bit of a disappointment for you? No, I, I mean, I, so those are two different answers, I think, for me, because Green Bay's offense has still been highly efficient. They're still 10th in in rush offense DVOA. Um, but if you look at the blocking numbers at their run block win rate, that's actually pretty decent. But if you look at pro football focus uh, run grades, not very good. And you look at the individuals that are out there, John Runyon Jr., Lucas Patrick, Royce Newman, even Billy Turner, um, their run grades have have not been good. And so um, a lot of the, the fact that they've been able to be as successful as they have been, as I said, 10th in DVOA, that is a credit to AJ Dillon, who I believe is um, among league leaders in yards after contact. Aaron Jones has always been an elusive back. And so what they've been able to create without ideal blocking is a credit to them. And then it's also a credit to Aaron Rodgers and, and the shape of this offense, their ability to uh, make checks to the line of scrimmage, to you know have the, the ability to kill plays into other plays. That's a staple of the Kyle Shanahan uh, Mike Shanahan offense, right? Of, of understanding, okay, there's really two plays for every play. And if this one doesn't work, we've got the other one. And then because you have Aaron Rodgers, you can get to really whatever play he says we're going to get to. I mean, that 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 is the, the unique thing about Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, the running game has not been as efficient. They haven't hit the home runs. Part of that though, interestingly, is uh, the two shell looks that they've been getting. That's why they haven't been hitting the home run runs because you've got two safeties you've got two last line of defense players versus one um but they have they have ramped up the efficiency early in the year they were getting two high looks and not able to run against them 
And now they're getting those two high looks and they're starting to be able to run the ball. They're actually seeing more single high looks than some of these other top offenses like the Bills and the Chiefs who are not able to even think about running the ball precisely because they have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield. Yeah, two very talented backs. And although I know the offensive line hasn't been quite amazing this season, they're still getting the job done. And I know one player who gets his job done on that offense is Devontae Adams. Ravens fans are not going to are not going to have any sympathy for Packer fan injuries on the offensive line. They're just they're just like, okay, (laughs) we don't we don't need to hear. We know Alan Jenkins is hurt. We know David Bakhtiari is hurt. Look at our offensive line, please. Thank you. Yeah, let's look at all the other positions too. It's just right. it's crazy. And part of the part of the hard part for this Ravens defense about stopping Devontae Adams is the injuries at the cornerback position. There's right. no Marlon Humphrey. There's no Marcus Peters. And Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the entire league, has done it each and every week. We saw yeah. the highlight play against Chicago, against Jalen Johnson, where he makes him look silly in the end mm. zone. I mean, it's just those plays every single week. How do you stop him? Is there a way to stop him? Double coverage, triple coverage. If you had to pick one way to stop him, if there is one, what is it? I mean, the, 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 so what's interesting about what the Packers have been able to do. And I think this goes back to 2019. The offense in 2019 was not nearly as good as it was in 2020 or 2021. Um, And part of that is because the, the Packers secondary receivers did not, do a great job of stepping up and filling the void that they needed to. They had to end up using Aaron Jones a lot. Um, and, and that was still um, part of the Jimmy Graham experience, which yikes. Um, and they were able to create opportunities for Devonte even when he was getting cloud coverages, even when he was seeing safety help, they've, they've done such a good job of finding ways to exploit teams who want to pay extra attention to Devonte Adams. And now in 2020 and 2021, now it's all right. Now we're going to put him in the slot and make you make decisions about who's going to cover him. Are you going to bring your outside corner in and try and, and stop him there? He's got a two way go, even with safety help. Good luck trying to, to make that play. So, um, if you're if you're going to stop Devontae Adams, I think the the number one thing you have to do is pressure Aaron Rodgers, and they they have not done a great job, in my opinion, of early in games especially sticking with that quick game. The quick game has been phenomenal. Aaron Rodgers leads the league in what Next Gen Stats called in rhythm throws in terms of yards per attempt. Part of that is because he can take um, a three-step drop and throw a go ball as accurately as any quarterback who has ever lived. Um, and, and a lot of those are to Devontae Adams. They love to run slot fades to Devontae Adams in those situations. You have to be able to pressure Rodgers if you want to stop him from getting the ball to Devontae Adams because Matt LaFleur is too good a schematic coach to let you just say, we're going to double him. Because they're going to beat you in, in either other ways or they're going to move Devontae Adams around in ways that make it impossible for you to, to make that double effective. Yeah, there, <laughs> there are not a lot of ways to stop Devontae Adams. No. And for the Ravens, they might be down Clayus Campbell this week as one of their better interior pressure guys. So it could be a challenge for them to get pressure on Rodgers. They do have Justin Houston at Afe Owe, but 
yeah, it'll be big for them to do that and just try to neutralize him as best as possible, you know, although it will be a tough task. But, Peter, I do want to quickly touch on the Packers defense, a unit that's been playing without former Ravens Darius Smith, that's been playing without Jair Alexander, the stud cornerback. But they have guys stepping up. I mean, Devondre Campbell has been very, very good this season. You have the Maryland safety duo and Adrian Amos, the Maryland native, and also Darnell Savage, the University of Maryland star. What are some of the strengths and weaknesses that you've seen out of this defense so far this year? Well, for for most of the season, the strength has been not allowing big plays and pressuring the quarterback. And those go hand in hand, right? If you don't have the time to sit in the pocket and make throws down the field, it's it's really hard to create those shot plays. Now, the last couple of weeks, they've continued to get pressure. And th- this is a very interesting thing. So they pressured Kirk Cousins um, almost half the time. They pressured Justin Fields almost half the time. But they were still able to hit a couple big plays in this game. Now, in the case of Kirk Cousins, it was him just throwing balls up to Justin Jefferson and letting him go make plays. In in the case of um, the the Chicago Bears, they had um, a a schemed up that little shovel pass, which which they blocked the heck out of, and Green Bay couldn't make a tackle on. And then the other was a little option route with Demir Bird out of the, the backfield against a backup safety catch and run. The chunk plays are generally not going to be over the top, although they got the Packers. The Rams got the Packers twice, Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham over the top. Um, But that has been the strength of this team over the course of the season. Don't give up big plays. Make a team go 10, 12, 14 plays. Um, And then then the, the pass rush has been the key to that. They're fourth in the league right now in pressures, according to Pro Football Focus. So, um, they have been, they've been getting it done. In fact, among pass rush duos, Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary are the number, number three, excuse me, group of, of, you know, two players in terms of, of creating pressures this season. Um, they are, they are vulnerable in, as, as I said, if you can, if you can create with, um, play action. I think that gives you a little bit better chance because you can throw the pass rush off a little bit in those situations. And then though we haven't seen it this year, the numbers say that this is not a great run defense. Now, what we, what we have mostly seen from teams is they have to abandon it because Green Bay's offense has been efficient enough that we, we, we can't let you run the football um, because we are like, we can't run the football because we know you're going to be too efficient with your offense. The Ravens do not have that problem. They are most efficient when they are running the ball and play action and doing all those things. So in this matchup, that's the thing that would have me most concerned is that Green Bay, um, who is um, 24th in rush defense DVOA, um, is is not going to be able to handle that. Now, it would make me feel a lot better um, now than with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and all of the running backs and, and a healthy Lamar Jackson. I think a lot of that, that calculation changes. I think Green Bay is going to, in some ways, dare Baltimore to stick to the run. They're going to play a lot of too high safeties and say, they're, you're not going to throw deep on us. If you want to have 15 play drives, if you want to have eight minute drives like you did against Pittsburgh, great. We think we're going to score more touchdowns than you on our drives than you're going to score on yours. Yeah, that'll be one of the big things to watch in this game for sure. And for Ravens offense, has been struggling over the past five weeks. They'll have to get off to a fast start against this Green Bay defense. We'll talk about that and more about the Ravens in the second segment. We'll head into our first break. When we get back, we'll flip things around. Peter will ask me questions about the Ravens. So stay tuned for that and we'll be right back. 
A lot more to come on this crossover edition. Today's episode brought to you by our friends over at Stat Hero. There are so many ways to play daily fantasy, and almost all of them are losing propositions. Winning feels a lot better. You know that? I know that. Winning is winning is much better. But traditional fantasy sports, they're just not winning propositions over the long term because you don't know who you're playing against. Stat Hero changes that game. They have fundamentally changed daily fantasy because it's you against the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup, winner takes all. And the best part, Stat Hero, they're going to show you their lineup before they play. You get to decide who you want to put head-to-head against a team that you get to see. It would be like playing blackjack, but you get to see the dealer's whole cards. This is unprecedented. You don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns or people using crazy algorithms. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you control the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for. And Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero is head to head daily fantasy the way it should be one on one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Free money. You put money in, they will give you money. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for that 100% deposit match. All right, Kevin, there is a lot going on in Baltimore. And I'm trying to I'm trying to sort through all of it. Let's start at the most important position on the field. Lamar Jackson leaves the game against the Browns. John Harbaugh says early in the week, we are operating under the idea, I'm paraphrasing, that he's going to play. Is that gamesmanship? Is that is there real optimism? He didn't practice on Wednesday. Is is he going to play on Sunday? Uh, yeah, very unknown right now, Peter. I think that the Ravens, what they usually do with their injuries, they they keep it tight to the vest. They don't want to reveal too much. I think what John Harbaugh said is, yeah, you know what? He plans to have his quarterback, but also he just doesn't know at this point. And the Ravens do sign Josh Johnson off the New York Jets practice squad. He's been a journeyman for the, the bulk of his career. And now one of my favorites. Yeah, the Ravens have Jackson, Tyler Huntley, and now Josh Johnson, also Chris Trevler on the practice squad. So signing a quarterback to their active roster doesn't necessarily bode well for the status <laughs> of Jackson. Now, if I if I had to pick here, and if I was the Ravens, if I was John Harbaugh, I think, you know, you can play Jackson at 85% or 70% or whatever he's at right now, but this game against Green Bay, while a win would go a long way, a loss in the NFC is not something that necessarily kills their season at this point. They have divisional games with Cincinnati and Pittsburgh still on the docket. If Jackson goes in there 85%, which I think that product is still better than Tyler Huntley, but if he does go in, he gets re-injured, then you're you're risking it, and all of a sudden you could have played him at 100% in Week 16 after sitting him, or you could play him at 75% in Week 15. Now, if he's 100% in Week 15, then play him. There, there's no reason not to. But for now, with signing the quarterback and not having him practice, I, I would lean towards him not playing. Now, there are certainly situations where I can see him playing, but if Tyler Huntley is the man for the job this week, he's shown that he is the guy to be backing up Lamar Jackson. He's shown some poise, but again, he is not Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think the the question for me would be if if he's going to be out there, can you run your offense? Can you run the version of this Ravens offense that is most potent? And if you can't, do you have a backup plan that you think is is suitable? And then is that backup plan, of course, better than just putting Tyler Huntley out there and letting him try and do the thing? 
I don't have a good answer for that. That's the, that's what they're, they're getting paid millions of dollars to make those decisions. Um, for, for this offense though, ravaged by injuries, but they're getting healthier at, at the skill positions, Hollywood Brown, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, especially Bateman is starting to come on a little bit. So in terms of the combustibility of this offense, the explosive plays, that's what they want to be. Run the ball, run the ball, play action over the top. Are you are you seeing what you want from these skill position players right now? Um, I'd, I'd say yes from the wide receivers and the tight ends. Uh, you're looking at, you talked about Rashad Bateman. What a, what a get he was for this Ravens team there. He was Someone a guy. Someone they coveted as well, just, yeah. just a couple of picks later. Yeah, and I think the Ravens drafted him because I don't think that he would have gotten past Green Bay before Baltimore's second first-round pick. So they made the smart decision there. Bateman is somebody who has just shown so many great things. Wasn't really targeted over the past couple weeks before Week 14, but caught seven of eight targets for 103 yards against Pitts, or against Cleveland, excuse me, was robbed of his first career touchdown. Also, he got the ball over. The refs didn't call it, unfortunately. So he's still looking for that first career touchdown. But for me, I mean, you have a guy in Bateman, you have Brown. Watkins actually got injured in the Cleveland game. So another another injury to add on top of there. But I think that mm. what they wanted was uh, an improved passing offense heading into this season. And we saw it. I mean, the first seven weeks, six weeks of this year, they were passing the ball very, very effectively. They were getting Marquise Brown involved. Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews. He's been great for them this season. Bateman was out at this point, but he came back and immediately got involved. So what they're dealing with now is kind of the reverse of what they were dealing with in 2019 and 2020, where you mentioned J.K. Dobbins is out and Gus Edwards is out. The stats will tell you the Ravens are one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. The actual film will tell you that is not the case. There have been a lot of different things with these running backs where the rushing offense has been the quarterbacks. It's been Lamar Jackson. It's been Tyler Huntley. And look, injuries put a cap, Peter, on any NFL team. You know, would you rather have, you know, again, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, or Latavius Murray, Devonta Freeman? I'm taking the first pair there. So it's not like, oh, Freeman's terrible and Murray's terrible. Freeman has turned it up really in these past months or so. He's looked really good. Right. He's been improved where I think earlier in the year, he's just trying to get his footing. The Ravens lost their entire running back room about nine days before the season started. They did not have a carry yard or touchdown from a running back on their roster from 2020. All new guys. So I think from what they're trying to run, they want to run the ball. What they're putting themselves because the running offense isn't effective in second and long, which turns into third and long, which also will then just put them in bad force down situations. And on top of that, if you have an injured Jackson out there, as you talked about a little bit there, the Ravens, their offensive line has just not been great this season. And for Jackson on a hobbled ankle to be running for his life every play, to be hit and sacked and maybe his ankles fall fell on again, I, I don't know if that's the recipe that you want there. If he's not fully healthy, I think that's only something I would want if he's 100%. So I want to talk about this secondary because it's really banged up in a second, but I'm going to ask you about a player who is, I I don't know so much anymore on the minds of Packer fans, but certainly during the draft was very much in the heads of Packers Twitter. Patrick Queen, a guy that, that a lot of, of Green Bay fans wanted uh, Brian Gutekinds to take. I think the the emergence of Devondre Campbell this season has has quelled some of those calls. What have your impressions been of, of Patrick Queen? Because I know at least last year, places like Pro Football Focus hated, hated what he was doing out there. He's been a, a polarizing figure, best I can tell, among Ravens fans. So what have you seen there? 
Yeah, Pro Football Focus and Patrick Queen do not get along. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you that much. They're they're great for him. Was I think like in, well, it was because one of their articles was like, yeah, Patrick Queen was one of the best rookies or something like that, and then his PFF grade was like fifty two point eight or something, yeah. and it was like, all right, he's just, one of the lowest graded linebackers in the league. I think he was the right. lowest graded defensive full time defensive starter in the league. Yeah. So heading into 2021, a lot of people expected him to kind of take off. He came out of LSU, not really starting a ton of games. There was very inexperienced as a starter and coming into a very complicated Ravens defense. His rookie year was very up and down. And I can say the same has been true this year, although it's been a tale of two halves where his first half of the season was not very good. He was missing tackles, didn't look confident on the field. And it was very disappointing because in the preseason, he showed that he had what it takes. He's very athletic, sideline to sideline speed, can make tackles, can be good in coverage. But I think the adjustment for him coming into the league and especially being a rookie having the COVID offseason in 2020 where there wasn't any of that as a rookie to come in and work with coaches in person, that was difficult. So not having the start to the season he wanted, but then the Ravens made some changes. They brought in Josh Bynes. They made him kind of the starting Mike while moving Queen to more of a will-type role, and it's helped him. Having a veteran next to him has tremendously helped. It's kind of slowed things down for him. He doesn't have to process as much, doesn't have as much on his plate. And one of the issues was he was playing next to Malik Harrison, who was also in his second season, also not as, as much experience. So just having a veteran stabilizes things for some players, and that's not a bad thing. It's just as a rookie or a second-year guy or a young guy, that's sometimes what you need. And so Queen has been somebody who just looks a lot faster now on the field, is looking more confident in his ability, is hyping himself up. He, he's very big on energy, and I think he feeds off of his own energy. He brings it, he brings his own, which is a very good thing for him. So I think the way that he's turned his season around for me has been very impressive. I think for me it was only a matter of time when he was struggling, and right now we're starting to see him get come back into his own, which is very encouraging. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the same question you asked me. Because uh, the Ravens are, as you said, without Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey, um, they are going to have to to start um, someone else at cornerback. First of all, who are those players? Yeah, so without Humphrey, without Peters, you're looking at Anthony Averett, who is now the Ravens' number one cornerback, has been thrust into this role. And the, the secondary is playing about two or three spots up on the depth chart compared to where they were at the beginning of the year. So your cornerback right. four is now your cornerback one at this point. And Averett's had a pretty solid season, all things considered, but he is not Marlon Humphrey. He is not Marcus Peters. Has struggled a bit at times, but has also had really amazing games. You have Tavon Young is the slot cornerback, who has honestly been one of the better defensive players on this team this year. Had three season-ending injuries in five seasons and is really – really come on as their best tackler, in my opinion, or at least one of them. You have Jimmy Smith, who didn't play in week 14 due to the birth of his child, actually. So congratulations to him. But, you know, looking at him, he's definitely lost a step or two or five since his rookie <laughs> season. And he's he's in more of a hybrid role. He plays safety. He plays corner. But the Ravens, they're also missing a starting safety in Deshaun Elliott, who's out for the season. So they're playing a rookie in Brandon Stevens, who actually was a cornerback in college for his final two years. Before that, his first two years at college at UCLA, he was a running back. He came into college as a running back. So he's still learning the safety position. Baltimore is down to their last legs at corner in the secondary right now. And honestly, at a ton of different positions. So those are the guys you're looking at that aren't Humphrey and aren't Peters. So again, this question that you asked me, how do you stop Devontae Adams if you are the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, probably quadruple coverage, maybe <laughs> something like that. But no, I, I agree with you, Peter. I think pressuring Aaron Rodgers is important. I also think making the threat of the run game less 
is important because if you have to deal with diagnosing run versus pass and figuring out, all right, they're running the ball effectively and they're throwing it effectively, where are we going to designate our resources to? One of the key factors yep. where I think any defense is making any offense one-dimensional, whether that's taking the pass offense out of it completely or the run offense out of it completely. And for Green Bay, I think it's going to be pretty impossible to take the pass offense out of it, as much as I think a lot of Ravens fans would love that and the Ravens themselves. If they can limit Aaron Jones, if they can limit A.J. Dillon, I think that if they can devote more resources to say, look, we know they're throwing the ball. We know it's probably going to Devontae Adams. There have been other guys who have stepped up for Green Bay, don't get me wrong. But I think that's really the only way. But if I'm being honest, <laughs> I'm probably expecting Devontae Adams to have a pretty big game in this one. All right, we will uh, we'll wrap up our conversation on this crossover edition for what could be, at least if, if Lamar Jackson plays, a marquee matchup this weekend. We'll do that right after this. There's been a lot of talk lately about stance apparel and for good reason, because they just launched a new line of active apparel and it's holiday gifting time. So stance is the coolest gift you can give. You can share how incredibly comfortable and well-made their socks, shirts, joggers, and even hoodies are. Stance has a lot of different things compared to the maybe boring old socks and other apparel that you might have. There's a lot that stance has to offer. They were founded in 2009 and they represent a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. So go see for yourself, register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off of your first purchase. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout to apply and enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Bet online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet online remains the number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas as you know games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So this game right now off the board on betonline.ag, that is presumably because of Lamar Jackson's injury situation. Now, this game before the injury opened at, I believe, Packers minus two and a half. That was where I saw it uh, late last week before the game. And then after the game, I saw it Packers minus seven after we assumed it was going to be uh, Huntley instead of Lamar Jackson. Build all of that in for me, Kevin. Build in the um, the the uh, uncertainty of who is going to play quarterback. Where would you set this line right now today? Well, Peter, if the Ravens weren't playing so many close games and pulling off these miraculous comebacks, I might say double digits. But this team, they never give up. They're always in. I mean, they're down 24 to 6 at halftime against Cleveland. They don't allow Cleveland to score another point for the rest of the game and are in prime position to win it. Now, Green Bay is a different team than Cleveland, don't get me wrong. But I think for now, I think seven's fair. Maybe I'd put it at eight because just of the fact that Baltimore's offense has been very slow to start games, and I think it's killing their momentum. I mean, they haven't scored a first-quarter touchdown since week six, whether that mm -hmm. is with Huntley or with Lamar Jackson under center. That's about 115 minutes of first-quarter action consecutively without a touchdown. So they have some work to do there. I think with an offense that's already been struggling, they haven't had many answers for cover zero. I think that if they can't get off to that fast start, 
it could be something where Green Bay can win by double digits. But again, I'm, I'm not going there quite yet because Baltimore's proven the unthinkable. They've done the impossible. So I'll put it right around seven or eight. But I could see scenarios where Baltimore could put this down to maybe two, three, or maybe even wet it in some situations. Yeah, it's um, it's it's tough, right? Because I think I think if Lamar Jackson were playing, that two and a half makes sense to me. Um, you know, maybe even two. I think the Packers would still be favorites. I think the Packers are, even with Lamar Jackson, the better team. I almost said clearly the better team. I think if if like let's say Jair Alexander plays, to me they're clearly the better team. I think someone like that swings the balance of power that much. Um, I I, I do wonder about the matchup with this because Baltimore plays such a unique style, and it is in a way a style that uh, the Packers want them to play. Run the ball, even if you're going to get five, six yards of carry, fine. Don't care. We think that you're going to throw the ball to us, or we think you're going to get a penalty. Like that's the Green Bay's perspective. You're going to wind up with second and 16 or first and 20, and you're not going to be able to recover for that, or you're going to have a drop, or you're going to have an interception. I think, I think that that sort of slowing down of the game for Baltimore plays into their favor. I, I think it's going to be a close game, but I just don't see, even if the Ravens blitz the crap out of Aaron Rodgers, I just don't see how this secondary slows down Devontae Adams with the way that he's playing right now. Alan Lazard had a monster game last week. Josiah DeGuara, the tight end, is really starting to come on and, and make plays. And they deploy their receivers really well out of the back, or their running backs, excuse me, really well out of the backfield. So I have a hard time seeing how Denver did. Wow. Baltimore's defense. I don't know what Denver popped into my brain. Um, Because I'm a Nuggets fan. It's because I'm a Nuggets fan. It must be. It must be. How Baltimore's defense uh, is going to slow down this this Green Bay passing attack because I also don't see them being able to to sufficiently slow down Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to the point where Green Bay becomes one-dimensional. It's just not who Matt LaFleur is. It's not, frankly, it's not who Aaron Rodgers is because I think he's always going to take the best play that is available or at least almost always. And so... I like the Packers by like five in this game, like 30 to 25, 30 to 24, even 30 to 26 or 27. I could see, but I think Green Bay wins it because I think they get to 30 and I don't, I don't think Baltimore can get to 30. Yeah. I'm right in that six to eight range. You know, I think this is a one possession game because, you know, Baltimore has Baltimore has only played one possession game. Yeah, exactly. At this point, <laughs> if, if I say it's going to be like two possessions, they're going to lose by one or win by one or something crazy like that. But I agree. I think if, the Ravens can slow this game down. I think one of the better ways to defend against Devontae Adams, we go back to that question, is just keep him off the field. I mean, right. if you can string out seven, eight, nine-minute drives and put up seven points, that's another key. Baltimore's been kicking field goals in the red zone, which is just so deflating for an offense and for a team. If they can put seven on the board, if they can keep Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams off the field, they can make this game a game, and I expect them to make this game a game. If their defense, again, just if they can – neutralize them a little bit. If they can neutralize the threat of Devontae Adams, whether that is shading help over the top, sending two guys with them, whatever it may be, that will be a huge factor in this one. But I just think even with a hobbled Lamar Jackson in this game, if he is in fact hobbled, I I just don't see a way that the Ravens can win this game. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are ways I can see them winning the game. But I think for now, it looks like it's going to be Tyler Huntley. And, you know, no disrespect to him whatsoever. He's been great for them when he's been on the field. But I just... I don't see him leading this team to a win against the Green Bay one defense, but two offense that have just been so good this year. 
I'm with you. I think it's going to be um, a, a fun contest no matter what, because it is such a, a different style on both sides of the ball, really. Um, it's going to be a tremendous uniform matchup. I, lo- I love Baltimore's unis, and that's a great crowd in Baltimore. So it's a really good test against Green Bay's um, somewhat inexperienced offensive line. They're going to look like they're going to be playing with backup Dennis Kelly at right tackle. They're going to be playing with third string Yash Nijman at left tackle. Um, and so they've, they've had some some issues there. The interior is starting to come together a little bit with John Runyon Jr. and Lucas Patrick and, and Ray Newman. So um, that, that is, I think a matchup to watch here. How, how does Baltimore attack this green Bay front? Um, how aggressive does Don Martindale want to get? Um, you know, they don't call him wink for nothing. So um, it's, it's one of those things that I think uh, Packer fans are going to have to keep an eye on, but I, I think green Bay wins. And um, as you said, to start the show, I don't think it, it affects Baltimore's future in the AFC that much, but we'll see. And we get to talk about it next week. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it'll be a fun game. We get these only once every four years, you know, save for a potential Super Bowl matchup. But I, I do think that and who you knows? Know, I know, I know. And with the way the Ravens have been making these close games and the the AFC is so wacky this year. I mean, the AFC North, no one wants to win it. Maybe it's gonna be Baltimore who wins it. <laughs> but I yeah, I, I'm expecting a very exciting, good an amazing game, but I think that's all we have here on this crossover episode here, Peter. I'm, I'm looking forward to a great game. Thanks for coming on and talking Ravens and Packers. Always fun to talk to you, Kevin. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. We'll be back here with our Ravens and Packers coverage respectively tomorrow. So stay tuned for your respective show and we will see you tomorrow. All right. Thanks to Kevin. Another great crossover on our network. We'll be around tomorrow. Our happy hour live at 6.30 Eastern Time, 5.30 Central Time. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. To stay Locked on Packers.